Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. My name is John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister here at our church. Just want to thank you for tuning in and, and hope you're getting something out of this series of the story. We are in chapter 10. We'd love for you to follow along. Uh, this is just the story by Randy Frazee. Uh, this is just really compressed uh, scripture. So if you want to get more, uh, you can open up your Bible. But this is compressed kind of big highlights of the Bible. And this week we talk about we talk about Hannah, we talk about Saul, we talk about Samuel. And uh, really the focus of this sermon is on our expectations versus reality. Sometimes we expect things that just aren't, uh, aren't better for us. We, we want things that are better, and that doesn't turn out that way. And that's what happened with the Israelites here. So we hope you enjoy the sermon. Come see us sometime. All right. Well, good morning again. I told Jordan we were probably going to follow up the biggest crowd we had la- you know, since we've been here last week with the smallest. <laughs> I don't know what our numbers are, but I know, I know a lot of people are out of town, uh, including, uh, including my family. So uh, we're glad that, that you are here and we're praying for safe travels for all who are not. Um, I'll be the third person to mention something about uh, what Fran- Francisco said, but... Uh, uh, acapella has a, a fun song, Everybody Said But Nobody Did. You ever heard that? It's an old one, old way back. That's a good song there, but uh, it just goes right along with what Francisco said this morning. Um, I can't remember, is that clock right now? Or is that, we need to, <laughs> it's right where it needs to be, right, Scott? Yeah. Uh, I'm, faster going down. Okay, I need to, mentally, I'll have that in my brain now. Well, this week we talked about um, uh, we talked about several things again. Uh, standing tall and falling hard, I believe, is the name of the chapter, and I hope you're following along with that. Uh, I was asked uh, earlier today if we have any more books. We do. They're sitting right where I uh, intended to bring them from, which was my table. Uh, so we do have some more. If you're, it is not too late to grab this if you have not done so. Uh, please uh, let us know, and I'll, I'll get those for you. Actually, I think I either have three or four extra at this point, so uh, if you'd like one, please get one. Uh, but we started off this week with an interesting story about Hannah. And I don't know, I find all of these stories very relatable in ways that when you haven't read them in a while, you forget how relatable they are. But Hannah lived a life that was, uh, that was one she, where she was trying to follow God. But not everything in her life was going the way she wanted it to go, was it? Hannah wanted desperately for a child. And not only that, but if you read the chapter this week, Hannah had a bully. Did you catch that? Hanny, Hanny, yeah, Hanny, that's what her <laughs> name is. She's probably looking down going, Hanny. Uh, when I visited Israel, sorry, rabbit, rabbit hole, just a second. Um, you know, they, they say everything differently anyway. We pronounce things not the way they're pronounced. And so uh, we were asking, I don't remember what it was, but we asked a question about Nehemiah. And our guide looked at us like we were from Mars and said, what? And so we repeated ourselves. And finally, after about five minutes, she realized that we were trying to say Nehemiah. Nehemiah. So Hanny is not probably the correct uh, pronunciation. 
But Hannah lived a life where she tried to follow God, but things weren't working out. And she did not have a child, which you'd think, okay, somebody wants a child. You feel for that person. But Hannah had a rival, someone who bullied her even about having this child. So no, in 2023, we are not the first people to have bullies. We may be the first people that, that have bullies that have 24-7 access to us via social media, which is a very tough thing. But Hannah lived in a time where even then she had a bully. And what a jerk, right? To bully someone about not having a child. But Hannah still remained faithful. She pledged to God that, listen, if you will just give me a child, I will dedicate him to you. And you, you think, okay, well, what does that mean? And God actually blesses Hannah with this child named Samuel. And Hannah, after she weans Samuel, literally and physically dedicated Samuel to the Lord. You ever promised God something? God, if you will just deliver me from this. If you will show up in this problem, I will do X, Y, Z. I shared in class that I had a, a Bible class teacher who I uh, really respected. But at one point in her life, I don't remember what the circumstance was, but she had something going on, and she promised God that if he would get her through that, she would give up coffee. And she did. Now, we talked about in class that I probably would have to give up something a little, uh, little easier than that. Lord, I'll give up water. <laughs> or Lord, I promise you I won't go to the gym another day in my life. <laughs> Somebody said, you, you promise something you're not doing, you know, like an illicit drug. Lord, I will never touch crack cocaine. <laughs> but Hannah gave something that she had. He gave something very dear to her and gave him to the Lord. And uh, what, a, what a beautiful story of faithfulness and dedication and follow through. That often when we are blessed by God with something that we have promised him, something about God, if you will just deliver me, I will go to the gym five times a week. And you realize it's been a couple of years since you've been there. But Hannah was faithful. And this starts this kind of narrative about Samuel, that, that, that Samuel grows up and uh, he, he becomes this, this person everyone looks to. And kind of as he's getting older, he's at the point where he needs to turn this over to his sons, but all the people say, you know what, I don't want to do that. Here's actually what they, they said. When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders. The name of his firstborn was Joel. And the name of his second was Abijah, and they served at Beersheba. But his sons did not follow his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. <coughs> they were the first politicians. <laughs> so all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, you are old. Well, good morning to you as well. And your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when, when they said, give us a king to lead us, this, this pleased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. 
And the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king, as they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. And Samuel goes on to uh, explain what, what God says there is that a king is going to require all of these things. He's going to require your, your sons and daughters. He's going to require part of your stuff. But they didn't care about that, did they? That was not dissuading at all. If you caught that in verse 5, now appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations have. How many times in life do we get in trouble because we are comparing what we have to what others have? How much dissatisfaction does that bring up in our lives? I was fine with my vehicle until Connie brought hers, you know. I can pick on Connie. She loves me. Or I compare houses or salaries. Never share your salary with another person. It does not help anyone. How much cash you have on hand? If you're talking about that, you're a jerk. Quit. Okay? But we look and we compare, and that's exactly what they had done. They had forgotten that God was leading them. We don't want this situation. We want a situation like everybody else has. God give me that. Now, why they wanted this over judges who were actually kind of war heroes themselves, I don't know. Other than they looked around and said, all the other nations have kings, we want one too. And of course, as Samuel was displeased, God says, listen, it is not you, it is about me. Because these people have rejected me ever since I took them out of slavery. And that's still our story today, isn't it? God can show up for you in a big way during the middle of your crisis. And let just a little bit of time pass from that thing, and we forget what all God has done for us. We have sayings like, we feel like the grass is greener. Anyone ever made a jump in their job or something in life where you thought the grass is definitely greener over there, only to get over there and realize that's a mirage? But you, you, you physically drive by a house that actually has green grass, you think, man, I wish my yard looked like that. You ever done that and then walked up in the yard and like, oh, it's got a lot of holes? And... But from the outside, from farther away, it looks like this is what I need. One of my favorite things to see via social media, if you don't know what a meme is, it's just a, a picture that's trying to describe something. People share those on social media all the time. And one of the ones I, I love to see is expectation versus reality. You've seen those before. I've got a couple examples for you today. Actually, a little harder to find than I thought. A lot of them were ladies buying very fancy things, but uh, barely covered, so I had to kind of be selective. Um, did we not get them in there? I'm going to keep talking. Donald, close that out and reopen it and sync that again, because I want you to see this. I can talk more about expectation versus reality. One of the things I do, and I've been asked lately, uh, do you do premarital counseling? Yes, I do, and I love it. 
But one of the big things in premarital counseling that I have to focus on, you, you take an assessment through this, uh, through this company. They do a wonderful job of kind of digging down and getting, uh, getting everything. But one of the things you're looking at in these assessments is kind of this rose-colored glasses understanding of what marriage actually is. Do we have any newlyweds in here? I was going to say, I don't, I don't see any. But how many of you, it was different in your marriage what you expected versus the way marriage is? Like, I'm not saying that, you know, you're, you've got a bad marriage, but just your expectations were wrong. You ever experienced that? Um, I, have, I have done premarital counseling with people who were off the charts rose-colored glasses. Everything's going to be perfect all the time. And you're looking at two people who love each other, and you know that, and you don't want to say anything negative, but you have to say, if I want this marriage to last, we need to, we need to start cutting through some of this. <laughs> Guess what? You're going to have some arguments. It's okay. You're, you're not always going to see things the same way. That's okay. You're going to live life, and sometimes she's going to see things one way, and you're going to see them the other. Um, uh, my, my friends Jerry and Lynn Jones do a, a marriage workshop, and I, I love them both. But, but Lynn has a saying, not right, not wrong, just different. Not right, not wrong, just different. And that's because we all see the world in different ways, don't we? And if we always pit ourselves, my way's right, so you must be wrong, you're going to have a pretty rough time relating to other people. Um. But that's one of the things that I think we can kind of get off track in, just as they did. So as you saw uh, just a second ago, this is up here now. Now, I wouldn't recommend to my wife to buy something with ears on it like that, but it looks like a nice coat. And so, ladies, you see this as you're late night scrolling through Facebook and think, you know what, I have to have that. This Houston weather in the winter, I just need a, a fur coat. And you get it, and you put it on, and it looks like this. It looks like you're about to go huff and puff and blow somebody's house down. Expectation versus reality. Or I know we've welcomed a lot of new babies uh, in here lately. I don't think, has anybody welcomed their, yeah, y'all have welcomed your first looking right at you. And so when you think of having kids, I always thought like my, I, I wanted at least three kids and we, we didn't do that because Katie had some, uh, some problems both times with our kids, problem kids from the beginning. But uh, <laughs> when I envisioned having kids, they weren't this little baby thing that you take home and have to care for every move it makes and all this. You know, it was toddler stage, right? And you're very quickly awakened to the fact that you're not dealing with a toddler. You've got all these things. But so many things in, uh, uh, in child rearing, like you never say, my child will not, right? Expectation versus reality. My sister is, uh, I wish y'all could meet her. Maybe one day she can make it up here. But uh, she's always had a personality, uh, just butt heads with me all the time because we're both hard-headed. Uh, but she said at one point, I will never spank my kids. And my mom laughed so hard at that. <laughs> and uh, she has two beautiful little girls, and the second one's redheaded, so y'all know where that one is. 
second child, second children in general. But when you, you envision having a child, feeding a child, having them stare lovingly at you, this is your expectation, right? And you know the next picture is exactly the same, right? <laughs> Reality. <laughs> it just did not go the way I thought it would go. And even if someone warns you about how it's going to go, as in my example of premarital counseling, sometimes you just have to experience this for yourself. Uh, Francisco and Brooke welcomed uh, Eleanor to their home, and we could all just line up before Eleanor got here and tell them about parenting. And a lot of what we said might have been right, but until they experience it, it's not going to be reality. And so our expectations often do not match up with our reality. Samuel, uh, because God told him to, gave the people a warning about what this would mean for them. That you are rejecting God in favor of a man. Isn't it interesting in the story, though, that God does not just do away with them and go off and leave, but God helps in the process. Like, you have rejected me, but you know what? I'll stick around and, and try to help you. Our, I think our view of God sometimes is that uh, when people just do something like this, he's gone. See ya. He's dropping the, the peace sign as he leaves. But no, God stays around, and he gives the people, I think, someone that we can relate to. Because when you think of a, a great leader, maybe of our country, do you think of some short, ugly guy? Man, that's really what I want. I can get behind a guy who's short and ugly. <laughs> but God leads him to a man who is tall and handsome. Ladies, I don't want to hear about it. Five nine is average, okay, some of us are there, okay? Any of you are below average, hey, they can pick stuff up off the ground a lot easier, it's okay. But God gives them a man, I heard, I heard one time in a business podcast that I really just like a CEO who's tall. Well, does that have to do with anything? But often we have these ideas in our mind about what our leaders should look like, and that's exactly what they're doing. I don't want this God that maybe I feel like he's here sometimes and then other times he's not talking to me. I mean, Joshua and Moses and all these people keep saying they were talking to them, but he wasn't talking to me. I want somebody I can look in the face. And you can imagine all the ways that they convince themselves that we need to go a different way. Yet it didn't turn out that way. Even as they're trying to introduce Saul to the people. Do you remember what happened there? Like, Saul is hiding in the luggage. That's a great start for a leader, isn't it? Imagine after our next presidential election, whoever wins, wins, and they start to call him out. Oh, he's, he's actually hiding in the baggage back here. And you're thinking, we have messed up. <laughs> we have done things incorrectly. But God is still with them through this story, and God is trying to to work right alongside Saul, even to the point where, you remember when Saul has this option, he sees his men leaving, he's supposed to wait on Samuel, but it's getting late, and his mind is going. I better go ahead and do this myself. Sure, I was told how to do it and when to do it, but I'm going to do it myself. You remember this story? And so in the moment, Saul kind of takes, takes over 
and doesn't follow God again. He doesn't follow these instructions again. And God is there. Samuel says, if you would have just followed this, your kingdom would have lasted forever because God would have blessed it even after they had rejected God. And we know kind of what's next in the story that, that Saul lives his life and reigns for a long time. He has his ups and downs. The people expected a mighty warrior, this tall, handsome man to go out before him. And often what we see is that Saul is staying home, which is actually the introduction for who comes next in King David. Because instead of going out and fighting and defending the people, leading them as they saw this, this great man, he is staying home when a boy shepherd has to go and do his job. So often, our expectation does not meet the reality of what is to come. And just like in this story, I think most of the time what we miss is how God should be leading us. That we put our faith in someone else or something else. I'm here to tell you this morning, may offend some of you, but if you're putting your hope or your faith in any politician at any level of any party, you are wrong. It is not going to work because God should be your leader. There is no man, woman, any color flag, any animal on the flag that can step in and do anything that touches what God can do. I need an amen for that. Y'all don't believe that? <coughs> but sometimes we get this view of if only my party wins the next election, we can fix all of this. I don't want you to answer this, but have you ever gone through a four-year period, I don't care who the president was, and at the end of it said, everything's been fixed? <laughs> Thank the Lord he got in office. She got in office. Everything is fixed now. What we do is we have this cycle of here's why it wasn't fixed, and it was them. It wasn't that I lied about it or just said what I needed to say to get in office. It was them. And so we follow and follow and we put funds. And what ends up happening is church people oftentimes put more money and more energy and all of these things into people, politicians who just want votes. And if you compare that to your energy and your money and all the things you're doing at church, oftentimes they're not even close. And I have subjected myself to this idea of this is how I would like it to be. And that's what got the Israelites in this mess. That God said, follow me and I will set your course. And they said, no, thank you. We've looked around at the other nations and they have a king. We'd like one of those too, please and thank you. And that leads them off course. Expectation is not reality. I don't know in your life what is going south, the way you expected your life to play out. I've always found it interesting for people who, uh, who I meet who have their life planned out perfectly. I will be married by this age. I will have uh, this many children. I will have them by this age. I'll tell you, even the, even the simplest of those statements have, I have found in my life to be hard to come by, <laughs> hard, to, hard to fulfill. 
Um, people in our lives, other, other couples, it seemed like if they were near each other in a room, they were pregnant. And the pregnancy was always quick, about two weeks long, and without problems. We, uh, we had two. Uh, Evan was breech. And so we, that started out wonderful, wouldn't move. Came out with frog legs and, you know, had to go to the NICU because he wouldn't eat. And it took us a while to get pregnant. We'd actually just gone to the doctor to see what was going on when we found out Katie was pregnant. And then we have Logan, and I think she was pregnant with him for two and a half years. <laughs> you notice that? If it's anybody else, it is like two weeks. If it is you, it is eternity. Come on, let's go. And the pregnancy went perfectly up until the day after she delivered and then had, had some problems there. I can't plan my life out like that. There's so many things that can throw us off and things that don't go the way we think. And what we can do is we can look at other people and we can wish for that and we can hope for that and we can covet what they have or what we think they have. Often that perception is not even correct. Or we can just be thankful. We can continue to praise God like Hannah. You see the contrast in the two stories today. And Hannah wasn't happy. I mean, she wasn't excited that she didn't have a child. But she trusted God. The people were not happy, but they didn't trust God. Uh, I would like a king. And so when you come to those things in your life, what is your response? Is your response to keep trusting God, or is it trying to, to fill your life or to try and take control of your life in a way that is really just a mirage? You don't have that power. You don't have that control. You may think you do in the moment. But God is king, or should be. Is he the king? Is he the leader? Is he the ruler of your life? Or are you following something else? Because that's what throws us off. We could have done a lot more expectation versus reality, and I pray that you will send me some through this week because I love them. If you had that first outfit, uh, I'm sorry. I did not mean <laughs> to offend uh, Paul if you had that or just like the ears so much. But each time we come and each time we experience a Bible story, it is for our good, is it not? It is, for, it is for reminders of what God has done for us. We talked in class again. I, I hope more people will come to class because we have great discussion. But Scripture, what I find in Scripture is what I find in real life. The people who should know better don't. Constant wrestling, constant reminders of don't you remember what God has done for you. Let me ask you this morning, what has God done for you? Remember those times. In the times that you feel like God is far away, remember the times that you know God was there. We won't get into these kinds of messes. We're going to offer a song of invitation Jordan has picked out. We'd love to pray with you, love to pray for you. Uh, if you'd like to begin your walk with, with Christ, let's do that this morning. Would you come as we stand and sing?